hello there, Simon Dowling here and welcome back to Teaming with Possibility. This is episode 10 and in this episode we're going to be having a look at one of the most common problems that I see with teams that I work with and that is their prolific ability to get stuck in the weeds and I wonder is that an expression you've heard before? If not, you might think I have gone completely troppo. In the weeds typically refers to um, either a team's ability or a team's tendency, an individual's tendency to just get stuck in the detail. So if you can picture a team conversation, a team meeting for example, being caught up in the weeds means that we are right down in the thumbtacks details of you know, status updates, reports, what's going on. You know, We're having conversations about what Sue said to Bob and whether or not Sue filed a particular form in a particular way and oh gosh, did you know that that form's available in an electronic version on our server? No, I didn't know. Can you show me where to get it? Yeah, why not put it up on the screen and we'll all have a look. These sorts of conversations as eye-gougingly painful as they might sometimes seem are way too common in my experience. You could put together a group of you know the most senior leaders in an organization and more often than not if left to their own devices those teams will get caught in the weeds. And it's a huge drain on time. It's a huge misuse of time when you put a bunch of smart, talented, keen, experienced people together in a room. Why would you spend all of your time doing a deep dive into things that two or three people could do themselves offline or work out via email or work out when we're not all committed to the same forum at the same time. I reckon it's a strange compliment I get when after working with a team, perhaps over a day or two days, facilitating a forum, a workshop, whatever it might be, where one of the compliments that they might give me is you helped keep us out of the weeds. And while I'm grateful for that acknowledgement, I do think to myself, gee, you know, can't you keep yourselves out of there? Like, that's such a fundamental skill. It kind of reminds me of how easy it is to devalue the skill of facilitation or underestimate the, the sheer power of that skill of facilitation and the ability to run really great meetings. So let's have a little bit of think. I mean, firstly, does this connect to you at all? Like, does it resonate? Do you think to yourself, yeah, gosh, we spend a bit of time in the weeds, whether that's in larger team meetings, whether it's in some of my one-on-one catch-ups with my team, um, or is it even yourself on a day-to-day basis that you can go deep into hours of working out what color coding to use for your email folders rather than doing the work that really matters? All of that represents being in the weeds. So let's have a look at why it happens, how you can avoid it, um, and uh, and a few tips that might set you on your way with this. Before we do, if as always you find these episodes useful, I um, I do encourage you to hit the like button, maybe leave a little rating, uh, whatever uh, forum or platform you're sitting on right now. Do something to help the algorithm, as we affectionately say, know that this is an episode, this is a podcast worth putting in front of other people. So your help on that front is very much appreciated. And another reminder, you can always reach out to me. I love hearing from listeners and viewers. You can do that by um, 
uh, sending me an email to podcast at simondowling.com.au. Put a little caption at the bottom of the screen to remind you of that. Okay, so getting out of the weeds. Well, look, first of all, it's worth reflecting why does it happen? If you if you notice this in your own team, have a think about what might cause it. And I guess it would be easy to say one of the reasons is, is that we don't have someone doing a really good job of facilitating or chairing a conversation or a meeting. And I guess there's truth in that, right? That one of the most important skills that anyone who is chairing or convening a meeting or a conversation should do is recognize is what we're talking about right now helpful? Is what we're talking about right now a good use of our time, given usually time is limited? Time is one of the most precious things that we have. So are we doing and focusing our energy in the right place? But I think if you come up a level, you know, aside from the skill or the ability of the facilitator or the chair, it really shouldn't be down to any one person to be responsible for managing this problem. Um, I think it's worth recognizing that for most of us, when we come together, probably the easiest thing to do, the default thing to do is to talk about the rats and mice stuff, the, the mechanical stuff, the bits and the pieces, the stuff that consumes our mind, might be jamming up our inbox or might have been causing me all kinds of niggles and pain points throughout the morning. So our ability to say, hey, that's tempting to talk about that stuff. It might even at times seem satisfying. It's a little bit like gossip in a conversation. Very easy for someone to start the gossip thing in a conversation. And before we know it, we are, you know, we've spent 10, 15, 20 minutes talking about other people doing other things uh, at a level of detail that is of no consequence to us, other than it feels a little bit like um, a dopamine hit of some kind. So recognizing that it is a human tendency and a human default, and it's in some respects, therefore, comfortable to spend our time in the weeds. It seems familiar. It's kind of satisfying to know that other people are wrestling with the same little kind of mechanical stuff. I mean, the fact that you didn't know where we're supposed to be filing a particular kind of document on our server, or the fact that you you, you didn't realize that meeting invitations... Um, was supposed to have been circulated to all of us. I mean, the, the, the ability to talk about and gossip about that stuff can at times be really comforting. In the same way, eating a glazed donut is comforting, but just not all that good for you. So therefore, it's lazy because with that comfort in mind, the easiest thing to do is to rock up into a conversation without really having done the work of what we want from this conversation, what really matters, what would be um, nutritious, what would be good for our soul, what would be productive, what would be valuable, what would be meaningful. And if we haven't done the work in advance on that, then it's probably easiest to just reach for the easiest available thing, which is information, detail, the technicalities of work. So bearing all of that in mind, it's worth thinking, you know, which of those might be something you're guilty of at times. Um, I reckon the biggest question for all of us is how do you structure your conversations? And again, when I say conversations, this could be one-on-one. It could be larger group meetings. It could be a combination of those. It could even be how you use your day. I mean, you can spend the whole day in the weeds yourself because it's lazy 
because it's easy, because it's accessible, because it's pinging on your email inbox. And so it's just there. You kind of don't need to think. How do you avoid that happening? Well, I think the first, the the most important thing is to ask yourself that really important question, which is, what is important? What really matters today? What if we're pulling, I've got six people in my team and we're all coming together for one hour. The highest order question, the, the first order of business should be, what are the one, two, maybe three things that we want to have achieved by the end of this hour? What would have made this a productive meeting? What are the questions we want to have answered? What are the decisions we want to have made? What are the problems we want to have tackled? What are the ideas we would like to have played with and generated together? Let's put those things up in lights. And I know that seems obvious. It might even be a theme I've touched on multiple times before, which is get clear on purpose. But the number of times I see meetings simply designed around a series of topics, update on financial performance, uh, uh, progress report on uh, customer survey, uh, uh, insights into recent culture and engagement um, questionnaire. I mean, all of these things are just headings and topics, but they don't really pose a question. They don't really state a purpose. In other words, why have we put this on a conversation agenda where we have all these you know, wonderful brains gathered together? Why would we do that? Like, what's the outcome supposed to be here? So getting super clear on that is an important starting point because that then enables you to say, so now every moment of conversation should anchor back to that purpose very clearly. And what I love about that, and this is something I will do a lot as a facilitator and I'd really recommend it to you, is when you are just sensing all of a sudden that the conversation might have gone a little bit too deep into the weeds or might have just started to follow a thread that um, is just all about the detail and information and mechanical stuff. It's a great thing to be able to say, so just help me connect this back to our purpose. Like if the purpose here was to um, work out what is the most effective way to frame this particular proposal back to some of our key stakeholders to maximize the chance of their uptake and engagement with it. Um, you might now say, so how's this conversation helping us answer that question? And often people will say, oh, look, it's probably not, but it just was kind of an interesting tangent. You can say, cool, let's hold that as a tangent, or do you mind if we just park that then for the second? Let's come back to that purpose question, and if we've got time, we'll come back to this thread either at the end of this conversation or maybe we pick it up straight afterwards. So you're not just shutting people down. You're not policing people and saying, I'm sorry, you're in the weeds, shut up. Although sometimes... There is a time and place for that. I'll say more about that in a sec. It can be really powerful to just weave back to purpose and say, how is this conversation helping us get to the thing we wanted to be able to achieve today? So getting super clear and being ruthless about making sure that one, two or three sets of purposes are achieved by the end of the meeting, which probably ties with another piece on that, which is you do have to be a bit ruthless. And ruthless might mean saying, okay, it seems like there's a lot on that list. We've got an hour. We've listed four objectives. Seems ambitious. If there was just one thing that we must have achieved by the end of this, what would that one thing be? So getting really ruthless about do we all share a view of what the one thing is 
that has to be arrived at before we've done in this conversation today. So keep the eyes on the prize, as it were. Keep the light burning on the hill. Keep the lighthouse burning brightly. Whatever metaphor you want to use that says we are remaining totally focused at all times, which then leads to another kind of useful thing, I think, to have in mind, which is as a team or as an individual leader yourself, um, and as always, leader doesn't mean you're in a leadership role. It might just mean you're someone who's seeking to lead others, lead projects, influence the way things work. As that individual, as that team, have some kind of expression you use to just remind people to come back to purpose. I love the expression. There was one team I worked with a little while ago and they, they had this expression. They'd say, eyes up. Eyes up. And so as soon as things started to get a bit thready, a bit weedsy, somebody would say, uh, eyes up, I think. And they'd be gentle about it. Um, but sometimes people would be humorous about it. And everyone kind of knew they were gorging themselves on those sugar glazed donuts when they weren't supposed to be. So they usually were grateful that someone called it out. Or they might you know, take a moment and say, just give me 30 seconds. And they'd wrap it up and then we'd say, okay, cool, eyes up. Um... Or it might be another expression, which is, let's bring it back to purpose. Let's bring it back to purpose, back to purpose. So it's a reminder that we're all human, right? And we all love to drift down the little kind of alleyways, have a little peek, what's down that, around that corner, what's available over there, have a little taste of something that uh, really I shouldn't be eating, just little kind of nuggets, but they add up very quickly. Little taste here, little taste there. So for somebody or anyone in the room to be able to say, let's bring it back to purpose, or let's bring it back to our big question, or let's bring it back to that objective up on the on the screen, whatever it might be, but we've got that anchor point, we've got that North Star, and people are able to make an easy connection back to it. So I think there is huge power in kind of practicing and developing what's your own little catchphrase your own little expression that helps um that helps you and the team to remain on focus yeah um it might even be as simple as saying we're in the weeds we're down in the weeds let's bring it back again really simple expression like that that it becomes a catch cry for anyone to be able to use in the team, which then leads me to probably my last thought on this, which is the power of the time box. If you've got one hour and you've got three objectives that you want to have knocked off in that one hour, you're notionally thinking to yourself, that's 10 to 15 minutes per topic or per objective, I should say, per purpose. Of course, that might have to change depending on you know what they are and so forth, but Notionally, you're saying, hey, we've got an hour together. How long do we want to allow first up to this first conversation? And if people say, well, I think, you know, we really can't allow more than 15 minutes for it. Then now be really explicit about time. Set a timer on somebody's phone or on an iPad or up on the wall so that everybody can see it. A countdown timer. When the alarm goes off, say, okay, we've got one minute buffer. It reminds me a little bit of some of the techniques we have to use at home to manage the amount of screen time my son has on his Sony PlayStation. Uh, so what is it that you use, if you like, to keep yourself time boxed? 
Because I think another reason why things get in the weeds is that I'm always amazed, I think, how easily people seem to lose track of time and how long conversations are actually taking. Uh, Or in this moment here, the choice to go down a rabbit hole seems like it has no cost attached to it. Perhaps because in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, going down that rabbit hole is only going to take 30 seconds. Whereas in reality, once you've made your point, someone else has reacted to it, it's teased out someone else's response, and it's triggered this whole kind of cascade of people getting into the weeds with you, suddenly, poof, five minutes, gone. Ten minutes, gone. Easy. Easy. Um, Which, if you are chairing a meeting and you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is really going into the weeds, sometimes a little thing that's really useful to do is actually time how long people go for and call that out. Hey, crude, are we aware that we've just spent six minutes talking about this thread and I'm not sure it takes us any closer to the question we posed at the beginning, which was the following objective? It's a nice little awareness building activity to say, oh, wow, was that six minutes? Are you kidding me? So don't assume everybody kind of understands the impact of their weedy conversation on both time and our ability to get stuff done um, at all. So there's a few thoughts. I wonder which is going to be most useful for you. This is one of those problems and challenges, as I said at the top, I see happening a lot in conversations. And you've got to think to yourself, gosh, Is this not something that's actually quite simple to manage if we just get a little bit more disciplined about it, a bit more attuned to it? So some of the big threads here were don't allow yourself to enter into these conversations without ruthless clarity about what are our purposes, what are our priorities, what's the thing we must have achieved by the end of this conversation? How long have we got all up? And then let's time box the different threads in this so that we don't chew up time without being really attuned as a group to the fact that we're doing that, that we are eroding our ability to get the big stuff done. So be ruthless about that. Declare those purposes. Have them in shining lights somewhere. Write them up on a whiteboard. Have them up on a screen so that they're just sitting there visible to everyone. Use time boxes really explicitly. Have someone run the timekeeper timekeeper role or have a countdown timer going somewhere visible, with an alarm that goes off so people can hear it. So help people to manage their time rather than assuming we're all grown up, we're all mature, we'll work this out. It'll all be fine. It rarely works out that way. Um, And then I suppose the biggest piece at the end of that is to recognize, well, who in this room is going to keep us on track? Is it me? Is it you? Do we share that responsibility? Uh, And while I love shared leadership, I'm a big believer in the power of shared leadership. Shared leadership doesn't mean that nobody owns anything. So in a meeting or a conversation, it can be incredibly powerful to say, hey, who wants to kind of take responsibility for keeping us on track in this conversation? And it might be that there's someone in the room who is best suited to do that because they are least attached to the topic. They're least likely to want to go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes. So there you go. In the weeds, do you reckon you could set yourself a little experiment? What would it look look like for you 
in your own work maybe, in your one-on-one conversations with others and in your team conversations, what would it look like for you to just reduce the amount of time, to reduce the tendency that you and or others end up in the weeds chewing up 5, 10, 15 minutes of precious us time that could be used to fry much bigger fish? What's the experiment you're going to run? We'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you try, how it goes, what you find works best. Um, And as I said earlier in this episode, you can hit me up on podcast at simondowling.com.au. I read all the emails that come through there and try to respond to them all as well. I shall look forward to seeing you next episode after your two weeks of frying big fish and not being in the weeds. Okay, see you next time. Bye for now.